Turn your Bible, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Only 13 verses in this passage tonight. And, uh, you know, there are some things that we do that are not really sin, but they hurt others. That's what this chapter is about. I want to read these 13 verses and then speak about it briefly. As touching things offered unto idols, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but love or charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things which are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. For though there be many that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. For some have with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, Neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if a man see thee which hast knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge, Saw the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their conscience, their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. This chapter deals with the sin of influence. Everyone here has an influence on somebody. <coughs> the birds that sing have an influence, I guess, on other birds, but they also have an influence on us. When you wake up in the morning and it's a beautiful, bright day and you hear the birds singing outside, it cheers you up. On a drab morning where it rains and the wind blows 60 miles an hour, like we had today, it's not so cheery. Well, the problem that Paul was dealing with here in the Corinthian church, they were in a city that was pagan. There were idol temples. Matter of fact, one of the most beautiful temples in the world in that day was a temple to the heathen god Ashtoreth. 
they had, this is hard to understand, they had a thousand male prostitutes and female prostitutes at the temple. And when they would go and offer their meat to the idols, they would also be involved in this immorality. It was part of their worship. That's how pagan our world was at that time. And it's not far from that today. Well, Paul received a letter asking about meat offered to idols. Some of the Christians in the new Christian church in Corinth were worried lest they eat meat that had been offered to idols. What had occurred, they would offer this meat to the idols, and then they would take the meat and sell it in the common market. That was to raise money. And people with no conscience at all would go buy that meat and take it home and eat it. These Christians in the Corinthian church began to wonder, is it right to eat meat offered to idols? And Paul's writing this chapter to deal with that. In it, he's saying, the idol is nothing. If I offer something to this candle, it doesn't hurt what I've offered to it because the candle is nothing. However, those that offer this meat think that it's something. And so some of the believers in Corinth were wondering, if I go to the market and buy meat that's been offered to that idol, am I, am I participating in that idol worship? And Paul wrote this to say, there's nothing to the idol. It is nothing. There's only one God. That idol is not a God. You offer meat to the idol, it doesn't hurt the meat a bit. It's just within their conscience, the ones that offer the meat. Now, he says, there's nothing wrong with that meat. You can go to the market and get the meat and eat it. However, if eating that meat offends somebody, if there's a weaker brother there that thinks that when you participate in eating that meat, that you're participating in idol worship, then you better not eat it. Not because there's anything wrong with the meat, but because you're gonna offend somebody. Your Christian conduct will be called into question. They will wonder whether or not you're being godly. And so he gave a principle. Had to do with the principle of influence. Look in verse four. As concerning therefore the eating of those things which are offered in the sacrifice to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, that there's no other God but one. So there's nothing wrong with the meat. Look down to verse nine. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. If you eat this meat that's offered to idols and it hurts somebody else, they get offended. Or they think you're less a Christian because you do that. The wisest and simplest thing is to just not eat it. Nothing wrong with the meat. The problem is your influence. If your influence is hurt and injured by eating that meat, then the wisest and best thing is not to eat it. Now, look at verse 11. Through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish 
for whom Christ died. Here's a person that observes you go and eat that meat. Nothing wrong with the meat. But they think there's something wrong with the meat. And they see you do it. And it offends them so that they cannot become a Christian because they think you're a hypocrite. That you're not living up to what you ought to live up to. And he says, when you see your brother perish like this, verse 12, well, when you, so, when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Now, in our day, here in, here in Kentucky, we don't see meat offered idols. You go to Burma, you'll see that. You go to Egypt, you'll see that. I've seen it there. You go to other third world countries, you'll see it. Sometimes even in Mexico. They have strange pagan kinds of gods. We don't have to face that kind of problem, but we still have to deal with the sin of influence. There are some things we could do there's nothing wrong with at all, and our conscience knows that, but if someone else thinks that it's wrong and we injure that person in that way, then we have offended them. And the principle here, on the influence principle, he says, if eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no meat while the world stands. Years ago, we had a, a young guy in our church got saved through the bus ministry. He was a teenager, young, about maybe 13 or 14 years old. And uh, he came to me one day and he said, uh, Pastor, I've got a problem. I said, well, what is it? He said, we've got to talk to you in private. He said, I was downtown the other day and I saw one of the men that serves in our church going into a movie. And I'd heard you say some things that movies are questionable. He said, that really, I didn't know what to do. Was it wrong for him to do that? Was it wrong for me to feel this way? How would you answer that? I prayed with him. I talked about the importance of influence and left it there. You see, each of us has to deal with this thing himself. I can preach until I'm old. <laughs> you think I'm old now, don't you? Wait a little longer. I can preach on and on and on and on. And you know some of the convictions of my heart. I believe the wisest thing is to leave off those things that might offend somebody else. Be done with them. But you have to decide that for yourself. So Paul is saying in this one chapter, he said the main principle is this. If what I do is offensive to somebody because they think it's wrong, then I better be careful about it. That's the end. That's basically what he's talking about. You put that in your own heart and decide what you're going to do about it. My first pastorate down in Tennessee 
came to the Lord's Supper. I, I, we'd not had it before. I think I've told you this before. And uh, I was ministering, and when, when we got to the cup, I took the cup, and I drank it, and I realized, whew, there's something wrong with that. It was wine, alcoholic beverage. One of our men was there that I'd, we'd won to Christ a few weeks before. He'd been an alcoholic, been living straight, and good life. Uh, well, they all left. Wednesday night, he didn't come to church. Next Sunday, he didn't come. I went looking for him. I found him in his house drunk. I got some coffee. I tried to get him sober. I said, uh, now listen, you gave your heart to Jesus, and when Jesus comes in, there's no room for alcohol to ruin and hurt your life like it was before. Well, he said, Pastor, I was at church last Sunday, and when you had the, that supper at the end of the service, they served alcohol. I took it. And when I drank it, it gave me that thirst for alcohol again. I went out and got drunk. I've been drunk all week. I went back to the church. I took the liberty of saying, friends, I love you very much. We're not going to serve wine at the Lord's Supper anymore. You see, serving that wine offended somebody. I didn't know the guy was going to be. I, 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 I knew it. I didn't like it. But I didn't know what it was going to do to that guy. It made him get back in his alcohol again. This is just one little illustration. We can give hundreds of illustrations where something that seems to be no wrong with it, a lot of people drink wine at the Lord's Supper. I know, that, especially in West Kentucky, they do it. Uh, I don't think it's wise. I can give you a lot of reasons for that, but we'll deal with that tonight. But if eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no meat while the world stands. Now let the Holy Spirit apply that to your heart, whatever, whatever it means. Uh, there's some things that we feel like we can do. It's nobody business, nobody's business if I do it. I'll just do it what I want to do. I know the preacher preaches against it. Uh, one, one family indicated they didn't want to come to Glendale because I preach against movies. <laughs> well, you've got to decide whether you're going to go to movies or not. I think you're wiser not going, but you've got to decide that. I'm not, I'm not a policeman. I'm not a dictator. I just preach what I believe the Word of God says. And you've got to deal with that. But if eating meat or whatever the little thing is in your life that is offensive to somebody else, if it causes them to stumble, Paul said, I'll not do that as long as the world stands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, guide us to apply that principle in our lives. Whatever the, whatever the particular thing that we are dealing with in our own hearts and minds, Everybody here has a, almost everyone here is a believer, maybe everybody, and they love the Lord. But we all have areas where we seem to differ in our understanding of what is right and what is wrong. We pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will so fill us that he will guide us from within, recognizing what is right and what is wrong, and may we 
apply that principle to our life. If eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no meat while the world stands. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. We'll sing page 13. Would you come back to the piano, Mrs. Hicks? Page 13, very brief invitation tonight. If you're here tonight and you're not positive you're saved, you're not really sure that Jesus lives in your heart, if you died tonight and you got to the gate of heaven and someone would stand at the gate of heaven and say, why should I let you in heaven? What would you say? You went to church Wednesday night. Or I joined the church or I got baptized. Is that what you would say? They're going to look in the gate, in, in the book of life, to find your name. Only those whose names are written in the book of life will go to heaven. How do you get your name in the book of life? Not by being baptized, not by joining a church, not by turning over a good life, but putting your faith in Jesus Christ, repenting from sin and trusting Christ. Have you done that? Praise the Lord if you have. If you have not, why not tonight? And every one of us, let's ask God to help us apply that principle to our hearts. If eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no more meat while the world stands. Let's sing this hymn. One stanza only, and uh, we'll sing.